Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. It is 10 o'clock straight up on a Saturday morning along with Mike Sealski, columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Glenn Mack now on a rainy, drizzly day in Philadelphia. How are you, Mike? Doing well, Glenn. How are you? <clears throat> well, I've got a cold. I'm battling a cold. You are uh, playing hurt this morning. Uh, yeah, it's hopefully just a cold. I'm going to take it. I, I, by the way, I'm working from home today. Mike's in the studio. I didn't want to come and infect everybody with what I hope is a cold. I'm going to take a COVID test this afternoon, but I think I'm okay. Anyway, but thank you for asking. Um, so much to talk about today. A couple of great guests coming up on the show. Charlie Manuel will join us at 11 o'clock. Always love to hear from the skip. And uh, uh, my pal Ray Dinger will be in at noon, and we'll talk about all nature of things with Ray. Uh, we have a lot of talk today about uh, free agency, which by all indications, things are going to start happening as soon as today, tomorrow. They actually started happening last night with Jacob deGrom going over to the Texas Rangers. Maybe that logjam will end, but because it is a football weekend, we start with the Eagles. And Mike, I will say this. It's a man. I think tomorrow is going to be a real challenge for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Titans obviously run the ball well. They have one of the top two or three running backs in the NFL. They stop the run. You can pass on them. They're very fast on defense. They've given up. They haven't given up more than twenty points, I think, over the course of the last eight games. Um, I, you know, I mean, everybody, uh, everybody will characterize. Oh, you're worried. What are you scared? What are you worried? <laughs> But I, I will say this, and I'm not ready to pick the game yet. I did not have the Eagles going 16-1. and I'm not sure if you did. I think tomorrow, even at home, will be a very tough test for your Eagles. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Glenn. I think it's an interesting game for two kind of big-picture reasons, right? For the Eagles, is it is, as you said, a terrific test against a team that is uh, has been an excellent team over the last couple of years under Mike Vrabel, is regarded as one of the toughest teams in the NFL, can stop the run, can run the ball itself. You mentioned Derrick Henry. Uh, so from the Eagles' standpoint, this is a really good test. This is, okay, you're 10-1, and one, but there have been indications in the last few weeks uh, there are ways to beat you. Uh, you can run the ball and... Uh, keep that defense on the field and keep Jalen Hurts and that offense off of it, and the Titans would seem primed to be able to do that. So let's see how the Eagles handle it. From the Titans' standpoint, and obviously this doesn't matter much to people in the Philadelphia area, but it's interesting from the NFL, from like the big-picture NFL standpoint, is that the Titans basically had a choice to make. Do we build ourselves around Derrick Henry, a running back, 
or do we build ourselves around A.J. Brown, a wide receiver? And lo and behold, they picked Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown ended up coming here and has been terrific here. So I think from that standpoint, if you're like a a big-picture trends in the NFL kind of person, if you like that sort of thing, this to me is an interesting game from that standpoint. Uh, Did the Titans, quote-unquote, make the right decision, and did it benefit the Eagles? And of course it did. Uh, it certainly has benefited the Eagles. There's no question about that. Whether ultimately it's the right decision for the Titans, you have to keep one and lose the other, that remains to be seen. Uh, I know you want to talk about, and we'll certainly talk to Ray uh, coming up, about how the running game has increased in the NFL to the highest level in something like half a century. It's amazing how teams are running the ball. But the other part of that is running backs don't last long. Right. Derrick Henry is 28. Um, I can look up how many carries he's got, but he's got a lot of miles on him. And we know, everybody knows, very few running backs are built for the long run. Very few running backs have careers that are productive into their 30s. So short term, hey, listen, it's a great decision for them if they get to the Super Bowl, if they get to the AFC championship game, you know, if they really advance. But for the long term, would you put your money on a running back? I wouldn't. And this is a relevant question for the Eagles because this is a decision they're going to have to make in the offseason with Miles Sanders, right? Uh, Miles Sanders is what? 26, I think. Derrick Henry is 28. 26. Uh, yeah. Um, but Ooh, but that's no. the nature of the league and the sport nah, now is that yeah, when a running back yeah, yeah, when a running back gets to that age, he starts to age. Uh, specifically in the minds and the eyes of people making decisions about what players to acquire and what players to commit to. So uh, it matters to the Eagles in that they're going to have to make some decisions once the season ends about Miles Sanders and where they're going to go with that position. But yeah, this is what the Titans have chosen. I mean, and my goodness, I mean, Derrick Henry had 303 carries in 2019. He had 378 in 2020. He has 247 already this year. That is some mileage, man. That is some pounding that guy yeah. has taken. Yeah, he's got a, he's, in his career, he's got 1,648 total carries. Miles Sanders has 657. <laughs> so he's a thousand less. Yeah, because my Sanders, they've never overused him. The most carries Sanders ever had, well, is going to be this year. So this year he's already got 177. It's just too short of his career record, which he had as a rookie. Remember, he's been hurt a couple right. times in the last few years. But this year uh, we got five games to go. So say he gets 100, he's he's averaging 16 carries a game. So give him 80 more carries. He's going to get 200, 260 carries this year, which is a lot. And by the way, he's gonna he's gonna get like. 1300 yards this year mm-hmm. which is phenomenal he's he's really been terrific he's it's been his best season with the eagles by far it hasn't even uh, been close i would bet now yeah eight touchdowns no fumbles which is of course a problem for his in the past i would bet that they will not sign him to a, an extravagant top of the line deal that he's not going to get that big second contract from the eagles yeah i would probably bet that too because the position is, you can replace the position relatively easily. That's the perception, that there are only so many running backs out there now who are truly so outstanding that you would commit to them or risk committing to them over the long term. Now, Derrick Henry's one of those guys. He's six foot three. He's 247 pounds. The guy just destroys people who try to tackle him. Um, Miles Sanders isn't that. He's terrific and has been terrific this season, but he's not that. So I don't see the Eagles, you know, paying him to the to the extent that uh, some of the other running backs, a la Derrick Henry, maybe a Saquon Barkley, uh, might get paid. 
Hey, if I want to be cynical, I would say that the Eagles are giving uh, Miles Sanders so many carries because they're not particularly worried about his future after this year. There you go. I, I, I mean, I, it's the way it works, I don't th- right? It's, I, I don't I, think that's cynicism, Glenn. I think that's realism. No, it, it was, um, oh, what the hell, which movie was it? Um, uh, oh, the great football movie from back in the day. Ray and I put it in our book, but one of the players. Uh, the, um, North Dallas 40? North Dallas 40. Thank you very much. Uh, where the player says, we're not people to you. We're the equipment. The players right. are the equipment. You use it up and you, and you move on. Now, I don't want to cast aspersions on Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, Nick Sirianni, or anybody else, but that kind of the ethos is you take you get as much out of you can from a player, and then you bid him farewell and bring him back for alumni night. Yeah, that's it. And, and nowhere is that ethos, as you said, uh, truer than at the running back position just because of the punishment that these guys take and and the short shelf life that their careers have and and you can draft them virtually anywhere um you know so uh, again terrific year for miles sanders but we'll see what happens once the season ends 215-592-9494 215-592-9494 best caller of the day as judged by our producer kyle quinn it's a $50 gift card to Shot Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop at their Center City or Wayne locations or visit them at shopsports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. Shab, uh is going to be bringing all of its great swag to an event. Mike and I are going to be kind of co-hosting Wednesday night a holiday uh, sports gift extravaganza at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. We'll tell you more about that later. I want to tell you and get your thoughts as well on the... The things that concern me coming up for tomorrow. Look, and I and I and I do not want to be Mr. Negadelphi because I don't think I am. And we know that the Eagles have probably the best offensive line in football, and they have a quarterback who we will certainly talk about coming up, who is spectacular, and they have a great receiving core, and they have oh defensive uh, cornerbacks anyway, who may be the best in the league, and and we will get to all of those things. But I will tell you, tomorrow's game, I think, is going to be a real challenge. Um, the Eagles aren't going to go 16-1. and And here's a couple things that I just I kind of feel like I really need to see this week. We've talked regularly about the poor performance of special teams. And I've had people come up to me and say, what are you worried about special teams? Come on, if that's, if that's your biggest concern, you have no concern. But I'm telling you, Mike... They they have screwed it up so many times on special teams. The kick coverage is the second worst in the NFL. You saw against Green Bay. Yep. They're taking the ball seven yards deep in the end zone and running out to the 50. Um, alas, um, which will cost me ultimately in, the, <laughs> in, in my wallet when we go to dinner, they have absolutely no return game whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good at all. Uh, no. And, and, and I, to your point, Glenn, it – and the Green Bay game was a perfect example of this. It kills momentum, right? Like, throughout that Packers game, the Eagles really couldn't pull away from the Packers in part because every time they scored, they being the Eagles, scored and kicked the ball off to the Packers, the Packers would bring it out to the 30, the 35, the 40, rip off a 50-yard return, and all of a sudden your defense is going back out there and the ball's at the Packers 48 or the Eagles 48, and the the momentum of the game has swung back in a Green Bay's direction, and that's that's a huge factor. It's not something you can quantify, but it's there every single week. Mm-hmm. 
I I think this is the week, and we don't get to see the practices. We don't really. Nick Sirianni, who used to be the guy who would tell you so much, Mike has has learned the head coach uh, way of doing things, and now mm-hmm. he tells you nothing. Yes, but I think Sirianni, Michael Clay, just need to adjust the special teams. I mean. They need to look at who's out there. They need to look at, I don't know who's screwing it up. I can't watch the coverage game and say, okay, this guy got out of his lane. I'm not baldy. Maybe we can ask right. Ray if he's, if he's able to take that much of a look at it. But if they, if they kick off to the Titans and Elliott puts it five yard deep in the end zone and the Titans run it out to the 30 or beyond, that's just unacceptable. These things, this, this has to change now. They have not yet blown a game from special teams. They're lucky that they haven't. Yeah. You know, Clay was asked about this on Tuesday, and one of the primary questions that came up, and I know my friend and former colleague Zach Berman, who's now at The Athletic, asked this, was about the possibility of using more starters on special teams. And Clay didn't close the door on that. He basically said it's all situational, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think that's something they have to be open to. Because I'm not sure that the roster that they have is built to not do that anymore, right? Like, I I don't know how much of a priority playing special teams was for Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni when they started making choices about who was going to be in the roster and who wasn't. Go back to teams in in previous regimes under the Eagles. Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, their special teams units were terrific. Uh, in part because they paid a lot of attention to it. It wasn't just the coaching. Uh, so Although I wonder John about Harbaugh that. Harbaugh doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. And <laughs> and the special hurt. teams unit under under Chip was terrific too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not now, and I think they've got to start considering solutions like that. Like, can we? Do we have to send more regulars out there just to stop the bleeding? Yeah. So my eyes are going to be really uh, very much on that tomorrow, and also. To to go with the obvious, the run defense. Um, the run defense was outstanding after the first drive against Indianapolis two weeks ago. It was not awful last week, but it wasn't particularly good. Uh, you were facing, as we said, Derrick Henry, one of the two or three best running backs in the league. It should really help with Jordan Davis back, uh, likely back. And I want to see Davis and Sue and Linville Joseph in a rotation and you know, some Fletcher Cox for what he's got left, but you can't, as you as you talked earlier about how much the running game is now becoming uh, a key focus of teams, and particularly Tennessee, you can't be giving up 150 rushing yards tomorrow. No, you can't. And, and what's interesting about Tennessee to me, Glenn, is if, that if you look at the numbers, they are by the numbers as a team, a mediocre running team. They're 17th in the league in rushing yards total. They're 22nd in yards per attempt. It's not like they're gashing people, right? But because everybody knows that the Titans are so committed to it and because Derrick Henry is back there, uh, they can still be relatively productive. You know, Henry averages more than four yards a carry and he's punishing people every time he carries the ball. And what does it do? It opens up their passing game. You know, Ryan Tannehill's been pretty good over the last few years. They're just outside the top 10 in terms of yards per attempt throwing the ball. Uh, and, and their running game is different from the Eagles. The Eagles can gash you for big plays. You, we saw this last week. They put up 40 points in a game running the ball most of the time, well over 300 yards, you know, 330, whatever the total was, uh, one of the highest totals in their history and in NFL history. The Titans aren't like that. The Titans are going to body blow you uh, until you commit to trying to stop it fully, and then they'll try to beat you throwing the ball. 
I think that is a silver lining for the Eagles tomorrow, though, is the Titans aren't as explosive running the ball as other teams are. They haven't mm-hmm. scored. The Titans have scored more than 24 points in a game once all yeah. season. They're not an explosive offense. Doesn't mean they can't win. Doesn't mean they're not good. But they're going to be, it's it's not going to be a, oh, uh, they're just hanging 30 points on the Eagles, 40 points on the Eagles, you know, and destroying no, no, they them. they move slow. Yeah. They, they move slow. They, 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 don't, they, they don't score much. They don't give up much. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. And one other thing, and then we'll go to the phones. Um, I think we all, the intrigue for tomorrow, and you alluded to it earlier, is what A.J. Brown is going to do against his former team. Um, we need to see him go off tomorrow. I, I want to see that revenge angle as much as he's downplayed it. Uh, no fumbles. Uh, and he he is currently on pace to break T.O.'s franchise record for receiving yards, uh, which is 1,200. Mm-hmm. He's got six touchdowns since week six, which is tied with <laughs> Christian Watson. We saw him last week Ooh. for the most for the most yeah for the most in the league since that uh, point. And um, a big game tomorrow makes him the excuse me drop the mic. A big game tomorrow makes him the first Eagles wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin. With a thousand yards, it is the it's kind of the the story that you'll see them promote when the game comes on TV. And I'm telling you, I think it is the story. It's the one I want to see. Yeah, it is uh, because as I said earlier, the Titans really did choose to pay Derrick Henry and not choose to pay AJ Brown. And after last week's game, when AJ struggled, you know he had the the second fumble in two weeks. Uh, a lot of people were waiting to talk to him after the game, and and I asked him specifically about facing the Titans and you could tell from talking to him that there was a little bit of edge and there kind of always has been he he felt like uh the Titans should have committed to him that this was the team that drafted him in the second round he had produced for them uh and he was very pleased in a way that the Eagles felt the way that they did about him you know that they were willing to give him the contract commit to him four years a hundred million dollars uh I think we're going to see a better A.J. Brown tomorrow than we've seen lately if for no other reason than he was sick as a dog heading into that Packers game yeah you saw him right I mean yeah the the bloody eye broken eye vessel or whatever yeah he spent all of Thanksgiving throwing up and throwing up so violently he said he lost seven pounds which makes you wonder what was he he didn't know what he was suffering from or if he did know he didn't tell anyone undercooked turkey yeah maybe (laughs) ate the wrong sweet potatoes yeah um but you know, he was not, and, and in fact, he said, I asked him point blank, I said, when did you start feeling better after this illness? And he said, the middle of the second quarter of tonight's game. So wow. it wow. really it really kind of wrecked havoc on him. So I think he will be better tomorrow. And yeah, I think it's the primary storyline of this game. It's going to be, uh, and it could be a great storyline. All right, let's go to our first caller. Oh, of course, he wants to talk baseball, which we are ready to do. The first lady of Philadelphia, or Bala, anyway. Our pal Linda. Hey, Linda. Hello, sweetheart. I hope you feel better. Uh, thank Mr. you, Mr. Sealski. You're the tops, baby. I love your stuff. Thanks, Linda. That's kind of you to say. Oh, I know. Aren't I a sweetie? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just in a good mood because we did not. I didn't want Degrom, and I didn't want Eflin back. Uh, so I'm thrilled because what they got paid is for. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Every time DeGrom sneezes, he hurts his arm. (laughs) This may be true. However, they do need to get pitching, correct? 
So. Oh, yeah. But you know what, honey? What I was thinking. What's that? And I don't know who I said it to this week because I've been talking baseball now that I can go back on the phones again with my heart. Um, why don't they go after some second-tier guys? Uh, I consider like Bassett or Heaney. Or one of them guys. Why do they have to go is try to get somebody that everybody else wants? There's a well, lot they, of they guys. Well, they, they very may well, but I will tell you, Chris Bassett's going to cost a fortune. You think All so? These are, well, yeah, because, I mean, look at what, Zach, what Eflin got. Eflin got, what is it, three years, 40 mil? Yeah. Yeah, so Chris Bassett's going to get more than that. Well, I still like him. He's a groovy dude. Um, and But I want some hitting, too. And I don't care which one they sign now, okay, because they're all terrific. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like one of them is the best in the world, although most pundits say uh, Trey Turner is a perfect fit. Who the yeah. heck knows? He, I, he, likes, uh, he likes Brycey. Of course, yes, me, he does. too. Yes, and Kevin um, Long. We're, we're gonna, Linda, we're going to talk about all that. Before we let you go, people always ask me, how's she doing? You know, because people know you've been through some health battles. So while, while I have you, how are you feeling? How you been? Oh, honey, if I felt any better, they'd build a monument to me on Bala Golf Course, which is attached to us, by the way. I'm well aware. I'm surprised they haven't true. built one already, Linda. I just feel wonderful. Delighted I love you. Take care. Goodbye, you handsome ham. Bye. Yeah, there you go. Was she talking to you or me with that I, one? I, I, she's clearly talking to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> was she talking to Kyle? Yeah. There you go. That's it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We will talk uh, some Phillies and free agency coming up. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, remember, best caller of the day gets a fifty dollars gift certificate to Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop their Center City or Wayne locations or check them out at ShibeSports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. Shibe people are going to be part of our holiday sports gift extravaganza Wednesday evening at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. Michael and I will be there along with many others. Uh, Shibe's throwback stuff is a great gift for anybody. Mike, you may be wise to go home with one of their Prism t-shirts. I wear mine all the time. Uh, I have a Prism t-shirt. I'm you do. Ha I'm happy to grab another one. <laughs> Well, there you go. Hey, coming up on the show, we will be joined at 11 o'clock by Charlie Manuel at noon by Ray Dinger. And we have time for you before and after that. Mike Sealski and Glenn Mack now on 94W. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ready to jump that rail and start a celebration. Dubon waiting on the 12th pitch. And here it is. Swung on, popped up, shallow center, coming on, Marsh on the run. And the Phillies, for the first time in 11 years, will head back to the postseason. They stream out of the dugout and celebrate at the pitcher's mound as the Phillies have rallied from their slow start, and they have taken the final spot in the National League playoffs. All right, thank you, Scott Fransky, for that great call. Not sure what happened to Michael Bourne in the middle of that, but nonetheless, the reason I play that for you, Mike Sealski, unfortunately the name of the pitcher is not in there, but you know who was on the mound when the Phillies clinched the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. It was one Zach Eflin. Correct, and he is now a former Philly, having signed a three-year, $40 million deal with the Tampa Bay Rays, the largest deal in the history of that franchise which is um i mean you know prices change um yeah i mean i I would describe him as like exactly average if you lined up every major league pitcher from the best to the worst to me right in the middle would be uh zach see here's the thing glenn i have a little bit of a different perspective on eflin uh i view him as the greatest casualty of the kapler clentac Chris Young, who was the Phillies pitching coach that era, because I really liked Eflin. I liked his stuff. I liked his makeup. And it seemed that he always got set back by something that was out of his control, whether it was injuries, you know, his problems with his knees or this cockamamie idea that Chris Young had that you take a sinker ball pitcher and you start having him throw letter high fastballs. 
uh, and build his entire repertoire around that and change what he's doing. And all of a sudden, he's not quite as good as he used to be. And, you know, it took a while, I think, for Eflin to come back from that. And I was actually really happy to see him perform as well as he did this season. It was cool to see him on the mound there for that final moment we just played. Uh, and I think an organization like Tampa Bay is going to unlo- unlock something in Zach Eflin that would not surprise me if he turns out to be really good for them. If he can stay healthy, as yes. you mentioned. So it appears that um, the free agent market is about to burst open. And this is one of my favorite times of the year for Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm a hot stove junkie. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Jacob deGrom leaves the Mets for the Tigers. Five-year deal, $185 million. Talk about guys who are always hurt. I I think Texas may regret that ultimately, but you're getting you know a guy who, when he is healthy, is great. The Mets maybe now sign Verlander. We will see. But here you are with the Phillies, um, and I want to get to the shortstop thing in a minute, but the Phillies have now lost Eflin and Gibson. Well, they haven't yet lost Gibson, but Gibson and Syndergaard are both free agents. Mm-hmm. None of them are great, but that's a lot of starts you have to replace. They are going to, as as our friend Linda from Ballas said, they are going to have to go into the market for a starting pitcher. Agreed? Yes, they are. I think the more... It, very qualified. Well, I think the more interesting question is, do they bring up one of their prospects, i.e. Andrew Painter? Yes, which, which I, is one spot. Yeah, which, you know, we're, we're talking about this in terms of they have to replace guys who just kind of eat innings and aren't great, but, you know, are a third, fourth, fifth starter. Well, Andrew Painter isn't 20 years old yet, and Dave Dombrowski does not have much hesitation in certain situations in fast-tracking young players and young pitchers. And, man, you look at his numbers, you look at his stuff, you look at the way he's built, it's hard not to get a little excited about the idea that Andrew Painter's in this rotation next season. Hey, I'm I'm great with that. Um, I hope that happens. I tend not to trust 19-year-olds in all walks of life because they're 19. <laughs> <laughs> as, as somebody who's been the father of 19-year-olds, uh, be careful. Um, but wow, even th- if he throws his kids under the bus during a radio show, <laughs> my, my kids turned out fine. I know they're I know. all great now, but I'm telling you, you're, how old are your kids? 10, Eleven seven? and eight. Eleven and eight. Yeah. yeah. Get back to me. In five, I know. Six years. I know. It's, teenagers are knuckleheads. It's just the way it works. Um, but even if that's the case, right? Cause you have mm-hmm. Wheeler and you have Nola and you have Ranger Suarez. And right. then even if you have Painter, you, you need six starters. So we'll see. I think they're going to go into that market. I also think starting pitchers from early indications of these two are getting monstrous money. Oh yeah. So take your 11 year old and eight year old and put a baseball in their hand and tell them to pitch. <laughs> well, the problem is they're both right-handed as far as I can tell. If they were lefties, I would absolutely oh, do that. There you go. Um, but yeah, so. Your colleague, uh, Scott Lauber, uh, wrote in today's paper um, about the winter meetings start this yes. weekend. And Scott Lauber wrote that that's really a time when things do happen. He wrote three years ago when the baseball world last gathered in person for the winter meetings. Big name free agents Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, and Anthony Rendon signed contracts in successive days for a total of $814 million. So I think we could have that spending spree. So let's bring it to the Phillies. We'll see what happens with pitching, but we all do believe that a huge priority is shortstop, um, that they'll move Stott to second base, and they'll grab one of the uh, big shortstops. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our pal Jason Stark wrote in The Athletic yesterday that the Phillies are going to sit down with all four 
of the primo shortstops. Two of them are Scott Boris clients, Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts. They they're not afraid of Boris. I mean, no. they're, they've dealt no. with him before, as well as Trey Turner um, and Dansby Swanson, Swanson of the Braves. Do you have an order? Do you have a preference among those? I I I put them one, two, three, four in my mind. I do have an order, and look, let me preface this by saying that if the Phillies were to end up with any one of these four, they would be much better for it. All four of them are terrific players. No matter who the Phillies end up with, they're going to be better off for it. Yep. Having said that, in trying to separate players of this caliber, you got to kind of really fine-tune and really get granular in what you're looking for. So I based my rankings kind of on two things. Number one... OPS, you know, how productive are they offensively? And then the other thing was, do they strike out a lot? Because this is already a lineup that has a ton of strikeouts in it, and it doesn't need another hitter, no matter how productive he might be, who doesn't put the ball in play, you know, frequently enough for what this lineup needs, I think. So my ranking is this. I think fourth best would be Dansby Swanson, just based on the numbers. Third best would be Carlos Correa, who... Strikes out about 142 times over a 162-game season. Terrific player. Again, you know, high OPS, but I put him a little bit lower than I would Xander Bogarts, second, even though Bogarts is 30. 880 OPS over the last five years and only 125 strikeouts a year. And then I've got Trey Turner first. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. I love that it's now only 125 strikeouts. I know. Strikeouts. I know. But that's the way the, the, the sport has changed. I think it's. I think that's going to shift with um, the some of the rule changes. But yes, that is the way it is. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you've got Trey Turner, who I would bet most people regard as the best of the four anyway. But again, over the last five years, an 843 OPS, which is terrific. But he only averages 104 strikeouts a season. That's really, really good in today's day and age of baseball. So I'm, that's kind of how I got to break it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. I have I have Turner first. I think the Phillies have Turner first. There's so many reasons that this makes sense for the Phillies. Turner and Bryce Harper are great friends. Turner played under uh, Kevin Long, the Phillies mm-hmm. hitting coach in Washington, and had some very good years there. Uh, Turner's wife is from New Jersey. He said that he wants to play in the East Coast, says he wants to do spring training on the in Florida. I mean, none of those things have anything to do with money, which, of course, is going to be the big issue, but I don't think the Phillies are going to shortchange him. So I have him number one, and I'm great with that. Like you, I'm good with any of the four. I I um, am a little different. I have Correa number two just because I think his combination of defense um, and offense mm-hmm. is great. I think he's he's like a gold glove guy to me, and I would love it. I've had some people give me some pushback on Correa because they're, oh, he's a cheater. He's with the Astros. They cheat. You know what? That'll disappear the moment they sign yeah it, we're, th- we're that whole label that doesn't seem to be affecting the astros as a whole very much right that's <laughs> that, don't really worry about that uh i have bogarts three really 2a because everything you said about bogarts is true and offensively he may be the best of the bunch and dansby swanson four but hey if they got Danby swanson and stole him from the braves that would not be a horrible thing absolutely not absolutely not and and you're right they're you're not going to miss on any of these four. This is all, you know, the tyranny of small differences here, basically. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good phrase. Well, I, I should get a job as a writer or something. Well, you had a piece earlier this week uh, on a very depressing piece on a doubleheader at the Palestra, and I think Mike from Exton wants to talk about that. Hello, Mike. Uh, Mr. Mack, now, before I start, one of my, because of your benefits, one of my Christmas donations is to Mark Zumoff youth basketball oh nice 
It's a great, listen, that's a great organization. We were really proud to be involved with them. That's terrific. Yes, number two. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sealski, this is your number one fan. I think you remember me. I do, Um Two questions. Dad? Whatever happened to the Dave Zinkoff who introduced Brett Brown's son? Any repercussions? Oh, um, so what Mike's referring to, I did a piece a couple of weeks ago for the Inquirer about Sam Brown, who is a star high school basketball player at Lower Marion. And uh, before his first game at Lower Marion, uh, Sam was introduced, and the public address announcer at the game introduced him as the son of Sixers coach Brett Brown. And it was an indic- I, I mentioned that as kind of an indication of what Sam would have to deal with over his four years at Lower Marion, uh, and the story was all about Sam kind of forging his own identity and becoming his own individual while still being the son of Brett Brown. So to answer your question, Mike, I don't know what happened to the PA announcer. Uh, I don't even know who, for certain who the PA announcer was. Horrible. Anyway, number two, uh, I look, there is no building sports-wise in the city I look forward to going to more than the Palestra. St. Joe's, my alma mater, played there Wednesday night. I walked to the building, missed the first game, but got there around 8 o'clock. I, w- I was wondering if I had the wrong date. And then I got in there, and I've been depressed at games before, but never because of what I experienced. It was just very depressing. I couldn't understand it. Well, I think a couple of things are at play there, Mike, and, and thank you so much for the call. Uh, it's always good to hear from you. Um, I think the Big Five just isn't quite what it used to be for a lot of reasons, and I think that doubleheader on Wednesday night for all the the hope about it is kind of re-inspiring uh, interest in the Big Five showed that. You have a 6 o'clock, the doubleheader starts at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday night. It's raining. Uh, most kids at these universities don't, uh, are, a lot of them anymore aren't from the city. You know, they're not growing up with the Big Five in their blood. They're not growing up uh, taking public transportation to get to the palestra. And, you know, how many Temple kids are driving from North Broad Street to University City for this game? And uh, the programs, have, you know, the four programs other than Villanova have been a, a bit of a decline over the last several years. And just a lot of factors that have contributed to the Big Five not being what it once was. I know when uh, we talked to Ray at noon, it's one of the things he said. He he was at that doubleheader, uh, and he, he said that he read your piece and he wanted to talk about that. It is. It's a shame. I mean, things change. Times changes. Villanova has become an elite program. So the other kind of scuffling along, and traditions are great, but they may not always last forever. Uh, coming up, it's our Scheib Sports Week in Review, and Mike let me. How many years? Thirty-two years ago today was one of the greatest plays in Philadelphia Eagles history. We will relive that with you coming up. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Fall is upon us, so it's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. Now, when I need a company to help me with the home projects, I turn to the experts, the great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now. Receive 20% off all windows and doors. Plus, Guided will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free. That's once the job is expertly installed. So you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level of your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings 
and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go. G. Out of his sports history brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop there, Center City or Wayne locations, or check them out at shybesports.com for unique gifts for every sportsman on your list. And as we said, Shy will be... Uh, we'll have all of its great stuff at the Holiday Sports Gift Extravaganza next Wednesday, next Wednesday Excuse me, at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, 6.30, 8.30 p.m., 3 to Calp Street in Bridgeport, one of the Conchac and Brewing Company places. Mike's going to be there with his book, Ray Dinger, Charlie Manuel T-shirts, Carl's Cards Collectibles, all kinds of great stuff. Mike, I take you back to this day, actually, excuse me, one day ago, December 2nd, 1990. The Eagles, seven and four on the road, facing the nine and two Buffalo Bills. That was in the middle of those great runs by the Bills. Eagles trail twenty-four to nine in the second quarter. Have the ball in their own five. Things are looking pretty bleak, Mister Sealski. It was not good. They were in fact down twenty-four nothing to start that game. And then this big play for the Eagles. As Cunningham is back, he's being trapped. He ducks under three men. He's looking. He's rolling. Well, that's Merrill Reese, of course. That that's an all-time with, great Merrill Reese call. That's a top five Merrill Reese call. I with think. Stan Walters on percussion. Yeah, how about it? Hey, you know what? I want to play the the. This is Van Miller of the Buffalo Bills. I want to play his call too. Kyle, you got the. You still have that one I sent you earlier. Okay, this is the call by Van Miller. I grew up listening to Van Miller of the Buffalo Bills, and his call is equally great. Let's play that one too. And here's a big third down play for Randall Cunningham. He's going to throw it out of the end zone. And they got him in it. No, he breaks away. Looking downfield. And throws long. And let's see, a leaping catch is made at the 40-yard line by Barnett. He's down to the 10-5. A miraculous touchdown play for the Eagles. Unbelievable. All right, also a great call. Uh, I miss the days when they had uh, symphony uh, backgrounds, as they called the Eagles games. Well, we, <laughs> we don't get enough symphonies in the NFL no, anymore. No, but what's you know what strikes me about the, both of those calls? It feels like the ball is in the air for about 10 seconds. Well, it is. I mean, yeah. he throws the ball from seven yards deep in the end zone toward, I think, beyond the 50-yard line. If, if Barnett, I think, is on the bill, the, the yeah, other I think he's side like of on the, the 35. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was an amazing play. It, it, it just it was, was an amazing play. Eagles end up losing the game, but I don't know anybody remembers that. I think everybody remembers that play, and that was Randall's great year. That was Randall's MVP year. Thirty, he threw for thirty four hundred plus yards, which back in those days was a lot. Thirty touchdowns and rushed, I think, for nine hundred and eighty yards or something like that. Um, when we have Ray later, but I'll get your sense on this. I know it is dangerous to compare skill sets of players of different ages and different eras. And Jalen Hurts is still really blossoming into what he can be. So I don't want to curse him by comparison. But I, well, I don't even... The Eagles have had so many great athletic quarterbacks over the years. I guess I'd ask you... 
Mike Sealski, just to kind of compare and contrast. I know you were a teenager when Randall mm-hmm. was playing, but you, we have seen Randall, McNabb, Vic, and now Jalen Hurts, four of the just most gifted quarterbacks. Um, yeah. I, I, you, you, you give me a little compare and contrast. Yeah, sure. Uh, to me, Randall stands out among those four. Yeah, me too. For, okay. yeah. for he, It's kind of like um, you watch the evolution of football. I go back, and, and I think people who watched Randall back then were aware of this even at the time, that so much of what he was doing just came naturally to him on the field. It was improvised. It was the, the old cliche around here about Buddy Ryan saying, just go give me five big plays and, and the defense will take care of the rest. And you can really see that looking back at the way Randall played. And, and what you've seen in McNabb, Vic, and Hurts, and even Wentz since then is the benefits and the effect of really good coaching on those latter quarterbacks. Uh, You look at what Michael Vick was in Atlanta, and then you see the quarterback he became for a brief period of time once Andy Reid got his hands on him. You watch that that game against Washington on Monday night or the comeback against the Giants, uh, and you see the, the melding of oh my gosh, this incredible level of skill and the, these, these array of things that he can do, plus the knowledge and the understanding of where to go with the football and when to go with it. There, when to go with it. And I think you see that with Hurts. I mean, there are things that Jalen Hurts can do on the field, particularly running the ball, that are just, wow, you can't, you can't teach that, can't coach it. Nick Sirianni says that all the time. But what you also see now, particularly I think with Hurts even more than maybe a McNabb or a Vic and certainly a Randall, is elements of leadership, understanding situational football, uh, kind of being able to take the emotional temperature of the team and understand what the team needs in a particular moment. I think in those respects, Jalen Hurts really stands out. I think Hurts has the opportunity to be better than all the others because of what you said. I think because Hurts Hurts is just like this great football machine, this great football mind with the leadership. And and I I just think he's really, really smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Randall um, was, I think you kind of alluded, was a pioneer in all of this. Yes, uh, and was a was a different player. Randall was not a student of the game. Randall was a Randall was jazz. Randall was improv. Yes. Randall was yeah. you know. I'll Randall was out. bebopping and scatting on the field. Right. You know from the from the opening kickoff. Right now, if he had had better coaching when he came into the NFL, it might have been different. But mm-hmm. as you said, Buddy said, "Go do it." So Randall just kind of improvised, and it was fun. But ultimately, they'd always lose in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, McNabb was an amazing talent, um, who I think changed his own game in a way that didn't benefit him over the second half of his career. Mm. I think Randall took a, no excuse me McNabb. I think McNabb took away one of took away his legs as a weapon. And when you look at quarterbacks today, it's it is now the model. Yes. Now a running quarterback is what it is with Jackson and Mahomes and all, and and you know and Hurts and all of them. It's yeah, like, Josh Allen, all right, of that. Right, Josh yeah. Allen. Oh my gosh, yes. So I think McNabb could have been that. I think McNabb could have been Josh Allen, not as good, uh, not as accurate a thrower as Josh Allen, but I think McNabb kind of could have been that if he had let himself do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic was 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 great. Obviously, he was greater in Atlanta than he was here. He was he was great here. Oh, for I would a while. Dis- I would disagree with you there, Glenn. I you think don't think he, he was better in Atlanta? Than he here? was a better runner, but I think he was a much better quarterback with the Eagles than he okay. ever was with the Falcons. All right, yeah, okay. 
All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's interesting. I will say, I will dispute one other thing with you, too. Yeah. You, you mentioned that uh, nobody remembers what happened the rest of that Eagles-Bills game in, back in 1990. I do. You do. The, the Eagles, the, the final score of that game was 30-23. to 23, And late in the game, the Bills had the ball, and Jim Kelly threw an interception. And the Eagles player who intercepted the ball was running back toward the Bills' end zone and tried to lateral the football to Eric Allen. And the ball bounced away, went awry, and the Bills ended up recovering it. And the Eagles missed a chance to tie the game. Do you remember who that player was who no, intercepted I the pass? The moment. And you know why you remember that? Because you were a teenager. That's right. Right? It broke your heart. Oh, it absolutely did. I, I, yeah, that's I'm 30-something yep. at the time. And, you know. That player yeah. was Seth Joyner. No! Yes. Seth made a bad play? I cannot believe that. It scarred me for life. And oh Seth, if you're listening, I'm still dealing with the psychological <laughs> repercussions of it. Uh, let's go to John and Manny. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Great, John. <clears throat> One thing with uh, Randall, you remember back then, before I get to my baseball points, uh, he had to run out of need because Buddy never put any money into that offensive line. So he was yeah, like That's running. true also. Great point. Great point. He was, he was running. But on baseball, I got a couple – not that big, but a couple uh, cost-effective moves the Phillies can make so they can sign more guys. Go I would like it. to see him pick. I'd like to see him uh, with Harper out maybe for a, a month or three months. I would like to see him pick up McCutcheon, uh, pretty mm-hmm. cheap because he can still hit left-handers. Just put him in against lefties. So let me let me disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. I think that the Phillies outfield is weakness is it's defensively terrible um marsh mm-hmm. is fine in center but your corner outfielders are bad i would like to also pick up a bargain outfielder and the guy i want to pick up and not many have agreed with me but it's a one-year show us contract is cody bellinger who the dodgers didn't offer contract to whose right. offense has just fallen off the table but he's a gold glove center fielder and maybe just maybe kevin long can help him rediscover it any okay. thoughts, John? Um, I heard he picked up. I didn't hear about that. That's a good idea, though, uh, Glenn. But uh, right, yeah, who's your other name? This guy, they picked up this guy, Cave. Um, uh, I think he's probably going to make the team off uh, off the uh, waiver lot list today, so he might make the team. He's on the 40-man roster right now. Jake yeah. Cave, yes. Yeah, but the other one is I would think about if you ever trade Reese. I know you guys like 30 homers, but, I mean, Derek Hall has been doing well for a while. You bring him up to play first, and – he can't hit uh, lefties, so I don't know. Maybe you could figure a way of, like, have him DH and Castellano DH. Just mix those guys up for a couple months to, you know, to miss what, um, you know, Hoskins gives and takes away with his defense. And thanks for the call. I can't see that. I, I know it's a popular move among a lot of fans to trade Hoskins. Uh, they're not going to do that. No. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I don't see that either, and it's it's kind of struck me how quickly fans have – to a degree, turned on Reese Hoskins. I know, you know, he did not have a terrific World Series, but my goodness, he was—he carried them for a good bit of the the divisional series and the league championship series. Had a couple home runs, just a few, yeah. yeah. And I get he's streaky, but you look at his numbers at the end of a season, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, and I understand he's terrible defensively and all of that, but I don't know. I think I think in in total, they're better for having him. I missed the pickup of Jake Cave today, who uh, hit a lusty 213 last year, 189 the year before, 221 the year before that. He's a de- he's an organizational depth guy. Yeah, 
who yeah. I, I think he's going to uh, learn all the fine restaurants of the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right, are, coming up. Are there many of them up there? I'm not 100% oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's some good places yeah. to eat up now there. Yeah, there are. Bethlehem. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.